Ladies and gentlemen, the baby is gone and has left the void in my soul. My days are gray and meaningless, and I'm experiencing a complex series of emotions that I can only describe as a delicate, desensitizing dance between desolation and devastation. In other words, I'm Blue Double D Double Die, folks, and this is serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Dimitri, there's no point in you getting hysterical in a moment like this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to This Is Serious. I am your host of this audio-only podcast. I am continuing to speedrun life at an alarming rate, but have now found myself stuck on the empty nester level. Before you call the police, the baby is fine and remains unmolested. Uh, The baby and his mother have moved away to an undisclosed location where they are now receiving all the support medical and therapeutic care they deserve crisis successfully adverted Uh, while i was able to do some research this week this will be another shorter episode of the podcast as the baby just left the other day and i am too emotionally exhausted to put forth any sense of meaningful effort but hey at, at least we have some news to talk about this week interrupt this program with a special bulletin For the first time in U.S. history, the Speaker of the House, Republican Kevin McCarthy, was voted out of the job by a simple majority. Uh, The motion to vacate was introduced by Republican Florida Representative Matt Gaetz after requirements to introduce a motion to vacate was reduced by McCarthy to just one lawmaker to force a vote back in January of this year. Uh, The vote came down to 216 to 210 in favor of removing McCarthy as the Speaker of the House with every single Democrat representative and eight Republican representatives voting against McCarthy. Of the eight Republicans who voted along the Democrats, five were for the Freedom Caucus, including former chair Andy Biggs and the remaining three. Let's be honest, you really don't care about them. Now that McCarthy is out, though, uh, the Republican majority needs to elect a new speaker. And judging on how smoothly McCarthy's election went, it is safe to say that this will be a shit show. Unfortunately, the House has adjourned until next week, so we will have to wait a while before it's time to grab the popcorn. Um, But speaking of shit shows, the Democratic Party unanimously voted along Gates to oust McCarthy. While this may obviously seem like a victory for the Dems by casting the Republican majority into chaos, they may have accidentally shot themselves in the foot for at least two reasons. Um, Kevin McCarthy was a divisive speaker for the Republican Party. Uh, With their slim majority and infighting, McCarthy needed to cooperate with the Democratic minority in order to pass legislation. This provided Democrats with more influence in a minority house than they would have otherwise, as McCarthy needed to negotiate with them. Secondly, the Democrats have now given the Republicans the opportunity to elect someone either unifying to the Republican Party or someone who may gain the Republicans an advantage in the 2024 election. Someone like Trump, for example, who has been nominated and has expressed interest in the position. So, Here we are in this weird position where a Republican speaker was ousted from his position and the political ramifications of this in terms of which party this best services is unclear. Uh, Will the Republicans continue to fight amongst themselves, making them look petty and incompetent? So here we are, folks, in this uh, 
weird position where the Republican speaker was ousted from his position and the political ramifications of this in terms of which party this serves best is unclear at best. Uh, Will the Republicans continue to fight amongst themselves, making them look petty and incompetent? Or will they unify and come out of this stronger than before? I don't fucking know what's going to happen. I just want more of it. I love this shit. Our politicians are just fucking their own shit up for the sake of fucking their own shit up. No one has a clear vision of what's to come and what this was all for. No one. Not Matt Gates. not McCarthy, not the Dems. No one. There is no plan nor direction. It's all just reactionary garbage. It's like Matt Gates and the Democrats intrusive thoughts took over and decided to throw a brick in the washing machine just so they could see what would happen. I love it. I love it so much. This is what gives me life. Not money. It's not God or community. No, it's watching politicians make their own lives more difficult with little to no consequence to the people whatsoever. Uh, There truly is nothing better in life. But let's forget about life, folks, and let's talk about death. U.S. Senator and Gavin Newsom's great-grandmother, Diane Feinstein, has passed away at the age of 90 from natural causes. Uh, in recent years, Feinstein found herself in the midst of controversy as the conversation questioning the competence and goodwill of our aging political class has spread nationally. Uh, Diane Feinstein was an easy target of this conversation due to her extreme age, obvious declines in health, and insistence of retaining her position. Um, To me, it's interesting to see how the instances of aging or ailing politicians play out in the political sphere. Uh, Intuition would tell you that the party of elders, the Republicans, would be the ones that suffer most from this issue. However, uh, the Democrats make the Republicans look young and spry by comparison. Off the top of my head, the politicians who in recent years have came into controversy are, uh, for the Democrats, uh, Dianne Feinstein, RBG, uh, John Fetterman, Joe Biden, and Nancy Pelosi. For the Republicans, it's Mitch McConnell and Trump. And now it is worth noting that both Trump and Fetterman are kind of special cases uh, in this regard, as Fetterman's controversy comes from an unfortunate medical emergency. And let's be honest here, Trump's competence would have always been questioned regardless of his age. Um, but all that being said, Diane Feinstein's death has reignited talks about term limits for Congress. While I agree with that position, I say, why wait for Congress to limit themselves? The responsibility falls on us, the people, to be disciplined with their vote. The very people who voted for Feinstein in office are now complaining that she was there and that they had to vote for her. The blind allegiance to the parties are exactly what has enabled this problem to develop in the first place. It doesn't even stem from the love of our parties, but rather fear, or hatred of the opposing party. And we have to understand that the consequences of losing an election to the opposing party is not as consequential as we make it up to be in our mind. You do not have to vote for who they tell you to vote for. Do not believe that voting outside of your party lines is throwing your vote away. It is an expression of dissatisfaction with the ruling political parties and their candidates. You wouldn't say, You threw away your coloring book because you colored outside the lines. No, you'd say you're expressing your dissatisfaction with the ruling political parties and candidates. Make a statement. Let your voice be heard. Ah, shit. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Dead lady. Uh, With Dianne Feinstein's death 
and criticism broadly regarding the aging political class comes celebration of Feinstein's death. People seem to be celebrating from both sides of the aisle, with Republicans celebrating because they're Republicans and Democrats celebrating her death because now they won't have to vote for her in the upcoming election. Uh, To avoid repeating myself, please rewind the podcast 30 seconds. Um, Obviously, celebrating a person's death is entirely inappropriate in almost all circumstances, with this being no exemption. So I'll say a few nice things to celebrate her life instead. Uh, Dianne Feinstein was a remarkably accomplished woman who spent her life serving the American people through times of great change. Uh, A certified badass American woman, Dianne Feinstein survived an assassination attempt by some dirty anti-capitalist terrorist in 1976. She later went to become California's first female senator and a United States' first Jewish female senator, where she served her remaining 31 years. Although no person lives and dies without criticism or controversy, that time has passed, and so have you. So rest in power, Diane Feinstein. Made you find your Heine in whatever comes next. Interrupt this program with a special bulletin. I really need to make more transitions. Uh, The Free State of Israel has declared war against the not-so-free state of Palestine after the Palestinian Islamic Resistance Movement and or terrorist organization Hamas launched a multifaceted attack on Israel, indiscriminately shooting, abducting, and beheading Israeli civilians, including some Americans. Uh, Israel's response so far has been to launch targeted missile strikes into Gaza, While this is a developing story that will be covered more in depth during next week's broadcast, it is safe to say that this conflict between Israel and Palestine is not like the others. This isn't the 1984 Arab-Israeli war. This isn't the Palestinian insurgency of the 50s and 60s. This isn't the South Lebanon-Palestinian insurgency of the 70s, nor the 1982 Lebanon war. And this most certainly is not either of the first nor second Antifada from between 1987 to 2005. Nor is this the Lebanon war again, but this time in 2006. And it's definitely not the Christmas time Gaza war, nor the Gaza war of 2014. And this conflict is absolutely not the 2021 Israeli-Palestinian crisis. No, this time it's different and it will come to a different and conclusive conclusion. We must all be concerned and donate all of our money to whichever side grants us the best return on donation. ROD, they call it. You learn about it in your 4,000 level business and political science classes. Now, it's easy to get distracted by all the atrocities and civilian deaths on both sides, but what's really important, the only thing that really truly matters in this conflict is how we can use this war to benefit our candidates' campaign in the 2024 U.S. presidential election. Been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Looks like that's it. Got to go. This segment is where I get to interact with you, the listener. You are the listener! You are the listener! I want to hear from you. Please speak your piece by sending me an email at thisisseriouspodcast at gmail.com. Send me your votes for House Speaker. Send me your leftover mail-in ballots from 2020 so that I 
can do something totally not suspicious nor illegal and end up on an FBI watch list. Send me your religious scriptures and genocidal ideations for either the Israelis or the Palestinians or both. Send me your corrections stating that it's actually Israeli, not Israelis, so that I may correct your correction and explain to you what a double plural is. Send me your scriptures at thisisseriouspodcast at gmail.com. I want a blessing from you. Whisper sweet nothings into my inbox. This audio-only podcast was brought to you by the following corporations. Corporations, where consumer needs always come before the bottom line. Allow me to clarify something from last episode of the podcast. Yes, I am accepting sponsorship inquiries from international businesses. No, this does not include France or current French territories. This means that sponsorship inquiries from businesses based in the following countries will be deleted without consideration. French Guiana, French Polynesia, Guadalupe, Martinique, Meote, New, Cal- uh, New Caledonia, Reunion, Saint Bartholomew, Saint Martin, Saint Pierre and Miquelon, Wallace and Fontuna, and of course, Francais. Again, this is for ethical concerns. All other businesses, please send me your inquiries to this is serious podcast at gmail.com. That is this is serious podcast at gmail.com. UFC Fight Night, Dawson versus Green was last weekend. A great fight night with some shocking outcomes. Uh, Felipe Linz versus Ian Kutelaba. That fight was unfortunately scrapped at the last minute due to Linz falling ill. I was really hoping that Kutelaba would get his teeth kicked in. That would have been great. Kicking off the main event was Alexander Hernandez versus Bill Algeo. Billy Boy took the decision victory after getting a few thumbs into Hernandez's eye. A great fight from these guys, giving us a good brawl all the way to the buzzer. Uh, Bill Algeo called out Mark Zuckerberg for a fight in the post-fight interview. I'd pay for that pay-per-view, honestly. So, uh, step up, Zuck. I want to see you throw down the octagon. Fuck Elon Musk. He's not interested, clearly. Uh, next up, we had Drew Dober versus Rick Glenn. Drew Dober got the job done halfway through the first round. His strategy of just punching Glenn in the face over and over and over again seemed to have worked out pretty dang well. Dober was dominant throughout the whole two-and-a-half-minute fight. We also saw one of the most egregious, obvious fouls uh, somehow get past the ref. Glenn openly grabbed the wrist of Dober's glove for several seconds, and the ref somehow didn't call it. Uh, Thankfully, it was pretty inconsequential, all things considered, but still inexcusable. Next up, we had Alex Morano versus Joaquin Buckley. Explosive start to the fight. I did not expect this fight to go the distance, but congratulations to Joaquin Buckley on an impressive decision victory. Buckley dominated the entire fight, and I'm excited to see what's next for him. Next, we had Joe Pfeiffer versus Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Who do you think you are, Joe Pfeiffer? Shooting for a double leg right away, then transitioning to a standing arm triangle, huh? Who do you think you are? Who are you? John Jones? Hamzat? I like your style, Joe Pfeiffer, and I love that energy. Excellent arm triangle submission in round two. A bit of a late stoppage, but I understand the ref's initial confusion. It looked like Abdul fell asleep while punching Pfeiffer and wasn't tapping. So congratulations to Joey Pfeiffer on making a statement. I'm excited to see what's next for you, dude. Uh, finally, at the main event, we had Grant Dawson versus Bobby Crean. I, I did not see that coming. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Uh, this is why I don't bet on the UFC. That and I'm based out of California. For those that blinked, 
A perfect straight left from Southpaw was all it took. Bobby even seemed to have surprised himself. Excellent KO from Bobby Green, but I, I still don't like the guy. Now, next weekend, we have UFC Fight Night, Yusuf versus Barboza. Great night of fights ahead of us with tight odds across the main card. No fighter is plus or minus uh, 200 or more, with the biggest differential going to the main event of the evening. Kicking off the main card, we will have Christian Rodriguez versus Cameron Simon. Rodriguez is favored minus 162, but I think the odds are off on this one. I was a bit surprised to see that Simon is not the slight favorite. Personally, I believe Cameron Simon will grow to become a UFC superstar. That being said, this fight is truly anyone's game. Both fighters are known for being dangerous finishers, with many of their fights ending in the first round. Uh, this fight, If this fight goes past the first round, it has the potential of becoming the fight of the night. The next fight on the roster is Andre Petrosky versus Michel Pereira, with Michel Pereira coming in as a slight favorite at minus 125. For those of you who don't know about Michel Pereira, Michel Pereira is known for having the bit of an unorthodox style in the UFC that is heavily influenced by Capoeira. Those wild highlights you see on YouTube of a guy doing standing backflips to pass guard, that's Michel Pereira. Or at least that's what he used to do. As fun and entertaining as those, lar- as those large capo movements are, they are often telegraphed, have high energy expenditure, and lead to unpredictable outcomes. Um, using these moves in his fights usually did not gain him any advantage and probably acted in his detriment at times, as he forewent us- utilizing more efficient, effective, and predictable movements for that wild capo style. In his more recent fights, we have seen Pereira become more reserved and calculating his fights, leading to better results but less flashy outcomes. Uh, I love Pereira. I think that he's a great fighter and entertaining fighter as well. And as much as I love the flips and capo kicks, those flashy movements clearly were holding him back. And he's now a better fighter for putting those moves on the shelf. Um, Honestly, I don't really know who this Andre Petrosky is, so I'm not going to say much about him other than he's American, not Russian. Go freedom. Uh, Make a statement in this fight, and and I promise I'll do my homework and give you your roses in the next episode. But for now, I got my money on Flipsy. Um, next fight is Jonathan Martinez versus Adrian Yanez. Um, this is a pick between these guys. Adrian Yanez is coming off a big TKO loss to Rob Font, ending his UFC 5 win streak. And Jonathan Martinez is coming off a controversial decision victory over said Nurmagomedov, giving Martinez his 5 win streak in the UFC. Uh, it seems to me like this is the perfect time for these fighters to meet. Uh, Martinez's record in the UFC is a bit more impressive to me with a TKO victory over the legend Cub Swanson via leg kick. Um, If I had to do some MMA math, I'd probably give it to Martinez, who will almost certainly ride the high off of his win against Cub and kick the shit out of Yanez's leg. But as we all know, MMA math ain't mathin', so I'm going to go Yanez. Coming up in the co-main event, we have Jennifer Maya versus Vivian Arroyo. Uh, no disrespect to the ladies, but this fight is the fight I'm least looking forward to. Uh, not to say nothing, this fight is still a great matchup in the women's flyweight division. I, I just don't have much more to say about it. My money's on Jennifer Maya for no reason in particular. And with that, uh, we're moving on. So the main event is Sadiq Youssef versus Edson Barbosa. By all means, uh, Sadiq Youssef should win this fight. I think it's generally believed that he will win this fight um, despite the tight odds between them. 
but something in me can't help but to root for Barboza. I love Edson Barboza. He's a legend in UFC already. And maybe it's just because I'm a UFC boomer or something, but I think Barboza may be able to pull this one off. And that wraps the third episode of This Is Serious, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening and being patient during these trying baby times. And that'll wrap this super short third episode of This Is Serious. Thank you so much for listening and being patient with me during these trying baby times. Episodes should be at full strength and full length in a week or two as I have loose ends to tie up here. So uh, in the meantime, keep your eyes to the sky and heed any evacuation warnings you hear. Live to fight for a better tomorrow, a better tomorrow for everyone, you warmongers. Have a good night, y'all. Company. I know that it says co, but it's company, not co.